You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest uh, Mount West uh, Wire basketball, basketball podcast. That's right mwr.com and we have um this is our first a podcast that's like none other just because we have an extra person this week we have you see him on twitter and we're gonna break a start tonight because mexico's not playing well but larry nunez hard work talk on twitter ton of basketball stuff with us and also whack, whack hoops digest do i know kyle mcdonald a little bit so you got that covered with the whack going crazy so first off say hello to everybody because they want to know who you are Hey folks, happy to be on. Um, like like Jeremy said, writer for Mountain West Wire. Uh, recently just signed up for Wax Hoops. A lot of expansion talk going on over there. Super excited about it all. I'm super excited to be here, you know, instead of just listening to the podcast while I bathe the kids and, you know, try to get all that going. I'm happy to be a part of it. Nah, that'll be great. Yeah, happy to have you. All right, so we're, we're having you on talking about everything I could typically do here. So this week we have... Before we get to the games, I'm going to make a tease here. I talked to you guys before, but do you guys want to give a quick one-liner about John Rothstein and Cameo before we get into it next time where we make a full <laughs> breakdown of how terrible he is? $250 to have him say something about your team. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I can't ever imagine spending $250. I I, I wouldn't spend $2.50 to get John Rothstein to say something. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I'm probably one of the youngest people with internet that is really terrible on up-to-date stuff. Had to look up what Cameo was when we started talking about it. That's fine. Because I, I saw the message earlier, but I was like, what the heck is this? Went on there, did some digging right now. Uh, to make it easier, Andrew, I don't know if it helps, there are four interest-free payments. You can sign up for credit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, if you really wanted to, $63 broken up. Can you imagine financing a John Rothstein cameo? I mean, come on. What is your life? What? <laughs> How badly do you need this? That I didn't even notice that. Good work there, Larry. My thought was um, two, two things we could, we're going to do. 
I'm going to do an article and find the best 250 lineup we could find of former Mountain West or Mountain West people, including, you know, Jimber Fournette's only 50 bucks. But what we should do is pull money together and have him say he loves college basketball transfers. Because <laughs> that's oh, like the thing he'll like... never say. <laughs> we should get all the, uh, we should talk to a bunch of, you know, former transfers who are, you know, Actually, I'd have some money playing basketball. You know, <laughs> get we'll them get, to we'll get that more in for it because I'm not spending my money. I'm I'm saying it. I'm not spending my money for John Rothstein. <laughs> One quick thing too, like I go to like my family and I stuff go to like um, there's a, like whatever comic con everyone call it like stuff like the not like honestly it, it's fun to go because people dress up. It's cool to see. It's just we, it's just weird and cool stuff that some people who yeah, is sure. awesome. And you can go get. No, my roommates go to Comic Con. Yeah, you can go get photos. You can get autographs and stuff like that. There has been like, like my kids like to do it. We'll get they'll get a few photos. Like they've gone Levar Burton or Joey Fatone, a couple people here and there, a couple actresses and stuff. That's awesome. Those are two <laughs> great names. They are. It's good. <laughs> and, and it's just it's a good stuff. But like for me personally, I don't want to spend money on that. If you want to do it, that's fine. There's one person who was going to come as soon as COVID got me. I was going to get my photo with Adam Savage because I thought that was the only person I'd care about to get a photo with. <laughs> like anybody, the Mythbusters guy, heck, right? Why not? Yeah. Heck yeah. Nice. Like, I love that, it. That stuff's just – I don't care if you do it. To me, it just seems a lot of money. I don't – the hustle is great. It's just not for me. So that's what I'm getting. The same with the cameo thing. But let's get to basketball. NCAA tournaments is changing – um, a little bit. We know it's in Indianapolis or Indiana area, I guess, the whole year or the whole month, I guess. Not that this matters too much, unless we get a four-bid Mountain West. That would be awesome. Hey, we might. We might. Larry, what's your percentage on a four-bid Mountain West coming on? CSU, despite tonight not going well? I might. And if, it's about as high as us getting John Rothstein on Cameo, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're saying there's uh, a chance. <laughs> excellent. The tournament itself, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm probably with you. I'm probably sticking three max, but two is where I'm getting at right very now. Much, very much. So just to give you guys a little perspective right now, I'm on the bracketmatrix.com, um, and I'm looking. So this is where they compile all of the uh, different bracketologists' predictions and everything, in case you're not familiar. Uh, right now, in the field, so that, you know, they take all of the predictions and they average them out. Right now, in the field, we've got Boise State. Okay, can you guess their average rank and like where where they're seated? What is their seed in this uh, bracket matrix bracket? Eleven. Larry, do you have a guess? Six and eleven. Okay, you guys really went on either side of it. It's <laughs> not. It's nine. Okay, so okay. there it is. Nine. Split the middle. Um, all right. So there's. Do you think there are any other Mountain West teams? Well, yeah, San Diego State is going to be in there. Larry, what do you think? Gonna, I was going to go Utah State just to switch it up. All right, so you're both right, kind of. That's no, right. no, I'm looking at it right now. Larry's not right. Utah State's last <laughs> yeah, team, okay, first you, team out. Let me build up to it, Jeremy. <laughs> you said we're right. I'm right. like, no, you're not no, right. No, I was going to say, you're both right. There is one more Mountain West team in the bracket. Oh, sorry. Jeremy uh, is right that it's San Diego State. Utah State, though, is the first team out. So they ha- they're they okay. not in this bracket, but they are the first team out. They're in 28 people's brackets, you know, what's in here. A couple big ones, um, especially people who are a little bit more analytics-oriented. I see Haslametrics, uh, Bart Torvik's T-Rank. Uh, so some of these uh, 
more analytics-based ones look like they are fans of Utah State. So, hey, if the NCAA starts to go that way, or I mean, again, this is also before uh, today's Utah State game. So they will probably jump a little higher after looking real good against Colorado State. Colorado State, mind you, uh, this will probably also change. With the loss, um, but they definitely were. They were in six brackets. <laughs> were they? Uh, so they C- wait, wait. wait does, C- does CBS still have them higher than San Diego State? <laughs> oh, they, remember uh, last week we talked about for a minute. It was wild. Like I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm trying to see. Uh, so they do have Colorado State. The last CBS bracket is from the 18th. It has Colorado State in it as an 11 seed. It has San Diego State as an 11 seed. It also has Utah State as an 11 seed. (laughs) So it's just a Mountain West takeover on the 11 line, which is cool. Utah State should be in, but it should be noted, some of these dates are like, there's there's now what, 67? They're now getting more added on here. But it looks like there were about 8 to 10 that weren't updated before Saturday. Yeah. So well, might have a difference. True, but this CBS one has a four mid Mountain West. Um, there's a few of them out there, so I think it's you know it's probably not the most likely thing, uh, especially again, not with Col- unless Colorado State comes back in the next game and you know hits Utah State with a, a punch right back. Colorado State might be done. This was kind of their big chance to make a push to get in that large, in my opinion. But anyway, we we can get to Colorado State later. But that's the current state of the bracket right now is that it looks like probably angling more towards a three bid. And we'll see if San Diego State holds on. All right, really quick. Well, NCAA tournament dates came out. It's all in Indiana. Really quick. So there's no more. I'm sad about this, but I'm also fine with it because I don't really care. Because it's about basketball. We the first four is on March 18th, so one day of game instead of two days, clearly. 19th and 20th is the first round, so no four-day first – or sorry, it's a Friday, Saturday, not a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you have the – basically goes Friday to Monday. So it's like those first two rounds, which are the best. Nobody can say otherwise of most basketball because he's some weird games and upsets. But So it goes – I don't know why they're doing this. I'm, it's not like they're condensing games. Like, they're still playing the same I, number of days, right? Because I, So I think it's so that they can get the first – because they're not doing the first four on Tuesday like they normally would. They're starting that on Thursday. Right. So those so, guys are playing Thursday, Saturday, the winners. The winners? Yeah, yeah. so they'll be playing – well, Thursday – no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think probably, yeah, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, good call. But then it goes 22nd. Then it's like – it goes Monday to Saturday. And I get it too. Like we discussed this before. Like they're so close. There's no reason to have like the full week off. But I guess giving them four or five days. So that's how it would be. So Sweet 16, Elite Eight, 27th to 30th, which is then a a weird Saturday to Tuesday. <laughs> and the final yeah, four so is. The, yeah, so the Elite Eight's in prime time on Monday and Tuesday nights. Let's see that. So, and then, yeah, then you get your final four on Saturday and your national championship on the Monday following. I still don't get this obsession, honestly, with the, like, primetime Monday night national championships for college sports. I Why is it not on the weekends? Monday night football spot they want? I agree with that, too. College football playoffs should be, honestly, it's, Friday or Saturday. It's you know April. I mean? There's yeah. no Monday night football. No, I meant for call it the college no, football, football Yeah, yeah that was a couple enough. weeks ago. Um, I don't know. It's, it is Tradition. weird. It's just be Saturday, right? Why not? 
Yeah, I just don't. I've just never really gotten this one, um, and it's always seemed really inconvenient. And like, especially living on the West Coast, you know, you get people because I'm I'm in the Pacific time zone, so you're getting people like rushing home from work to try to make the like six oh seven tip off or whatever. Like, well, that's not convenient always, and I don't think a nine o'clock game is super great for, for the East Coast people who have to work the next day anyway. So I don't know. Just put the game on a Saturday or a Sunday. I don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna get off that soapbox because that's fine. No, no, that's cool. No, this is what we do. We complain, Larry, about stuff. We, we act do. like we're much older we than what we are. It's like this shaking our fist at all this sorts of stuff. So, all right, uh, old man yelling at clouds podcast. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Definitely. All right, let's move on to actual power ranking. So the way we do it, Larry, because you're new to the podcast, if you haven't listened, which hopefully you do sometimes, uh, we go to the power ranking reverse order. We, we try to say something nice about every team, but San Jose State, it's tough to. Do you have anything about the Spartans? Because they do play your Lobos upcoming this week. I think I think one of the biggest problems on the Lobo side is scoring. Um, poor McQuatch Melawatch is just trying to break 15 every day every game. And, you know, if I'm going to say something good about the Spartans, <laughs> Richard Washington just shooting it, you know, lights out so far. And I think he's their, their bright light. You know, at two and ten, bottom of the bottom of the conference. Yeah, it's it's rough. So okay, so what are the chances? Because all right, we had New Mexico scored what forty six points yesterday, Yikes. and yesterday being Monday. Uh, good, if you're, if you're listening to this, not uh, live <laughs> on the day that we're recording it. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so on Monday, New Mexico had forty six points. Uh, Richard Washington, I think, has gone over 30 at least once. Um, what are the chances that Richard Washington outscores New Mexico <laughs> in one game? Ugh, a little higher than, than four-bit Mountain West. Uh, oh, God, a little higher than a four-bit Mountain West. A little higher, man. It's been so as a local Those are hard Yep. Richard Washington's doing it. Wait, like it. Let's, let's make a scale between four-bit Mountain West and paying Rothstein on a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, yeah, that would be interesting so these two teams are 11 and 10 Lobos and Spartans here any um, any explanation why this game is a 1 o'clock mountain time on Thursday because <laughs> that's where it belongs <laughs> <laughs> they're hoping on my lunch break at that time so I can tune in heck yeah what a, that, that's, a good, that's positive right watching the Mountain West Network they're hoping everybody's on their lunch break and somebody might show up and play for one of the teams and, you know, <laughs> get 20 points. So, okay, let's get serious. So, the low boys, Larry, what's right, um, right. like, what's going on? Like, they're never this bad ever. Like, even when they're not good, they're still above 500. They're usually a solid team. They're, middle, they're Even when they're not very good or what they should be, they're typically fighting for a bye for the Mountain West Tournament. How, what's going on with Paul Weir and everything? I know... We've talked to travel. They're hanging out in southern Utah at the university there. They've been in Texas. They like um, 
Where actually, do we know where this game's being played? Because it says it's supposed to be a home game for Lobos. First off, do we know the location? Is it still Southern Utah like, University? Dixie State or Dixie State? I mean, sorry. All right, Dixie State. So like, but what like what is going on with this team? Like, is it like football had issues just because they're hang out in Vegas? But at least they got to stay there, and they weren't going week to week to know pack up a suitcase, stay here for two weeks, go here for two weeks. It has to be that, but what else is there kind of going on to why you think this team is... I thought this team might be top half. I think a lot of people did. I, I know I was talking to Jay on our podcast this past week about this. You know, both Albuquerque natives, you know, following the team for years. And just like you said, it's been just completely different. You know, a bad year for us looks like we're hovering above 500 you know, sixth to eighth place maybe, and, you know, we're, we're thinking fire them then. Yeah, now and, it's like, oh, boy. And, and now I, I think I made the joke maybe two or three games in, maybe around the Boise State series where I said, man, these are San Jose State, you know, Air Force numbers that we're putting up, and it's super embarrassing. And, and I don't know, I think I, I watched a lot of those early games. I know the other ones haven't been too conducive to the schedule, but mm-hmm. I remember seeing uh, Rice – looked a little different um i remember seeing some of those our lady of the lake and all that those (laughs) games and everything just looks a little sloppy but that's kind of been paul weir basketball since he started here at new mexico you know everything's kind of like at least during the jaquan lyle years it was like let jaquan just dribble it out run around the perimeter like heave a three and let it go in you know and let him do that one out of every three times he has the ball and like I said, that gets you seventh to eighth place, hovering above 500. But this year, it just looks like they're struggling without any playmakers. I know we had a lot of hopes for Jeremiah Francis, but he's struggling. Um, shooting in particular, I, it, it looks like they don't know how to run an offense. Uh-oh. And when you're going up against a, when you're going up against Our Lady of the Lake, that's cool. You know, you can just out, <laughs> kind of reach over them and lay up the ball like they were doing, but. You know, when you're going up against Utah State, Boise State, they've had a, a pretty tough little schedule there at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to look like a Mountain West bottom, you know, cellar dweller when you're playing like that. And I don't know what they can do to fix it, especially with McGee out. Um, the bench is getting shorter. The production's getting younger, you know. Um, I don't know. The, the will he stay another year talk. It seems like, you know, anybody that knows the, the program, that knows the city is, you know, yes, we can't afford another, or we can't afford anybody else. You know, that's what we did with Davey for so long. But, you know, it's just getting worse and worse. I don't know if you guys follow, God, what's his name now? I think I just know it as the Dia de los Lobos account. Uh, my, <laughs> possibly. He used, run, my... he used to run the lair and yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, he said he said something that kind of piqued my or piqued my curiosity on Twitter, where he like it, he took up a screenshot of the Lobos, you know, just Twitter account, and nothing, no movement, no activity, no likes, comments. The fans are just like silent. It was for the whole entire game, and you know, like I said, it's hard to gauge firing and hiring in the Albuquerque given financials, but. I know the fan base is extremely unhappy and, you know, football, we can let it slide. You know, we've never been, um, you know, bowl bound, you know, anything like that. But on the basketball side, you need a win. And I think, I think we'd be happy to get back to 500 is the crazy thing. 
it's wild. Like looking at the like the margin of defeat, it, they have one Mountain West Conference game, the last game when they lost by fewer than ten points. Like it's not like they're losing close games; they're getting blown out. It's like blown out is the word. And it's probably like let's play a quick game here. I like to play the BPI game. Um, <laughs> Andy loves it. Everybody does. What's the BPI basketball power index here? I'm asking you, Larry. I'll ask both of you guys, but Larry first. What do you think? First off, who's favored when they play San Jose State the Lobos this week? Yeah, think about that. <laughs> I want to say San Jose State. No. Which brings me, um, Andy, do you want to guess what the percentage is first? <laughs> Go for it. The percentage, I'm going to say. Lobos is aren't like... favored, so if you haven't figured that out, people. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say the percentage is like 73. You have an idea, Larry? 60? 85%. Ooh! No, I was looking. It's San Jose State is like ranked 330-something in the net recently. Um, man, they are like really, really dropping. Because we look at their uh, their record, San Jose State's, and they've got two wins on it, but those two wins are not against Division One teams. So when you look at things like Ken Palm or the Net or anything count. like that, those are not counting at all. So they are winless in terms of you know the the official record. Um, I don't know. I I can't. The selection committee might take into account for like certain teams, you know, meeting thresholds whether they played like non Division One games, but. They those games can't count towards the record, you know. Um, just because there's like no no common opponent kind of a thing, really. Unless you're St. Catherine, who has played everybody. <laughs> All right, real quick, who's gonna win? Let's because we got Larry on here, so we're talking Lobos a bit more. So Larry, are the Lobos gonna get their first conference win. Mm, this one's tough. It's not good. You got to think about playing San Jose State. Right? Oof. In two games, are they going to get one win? Yeah, I'll sound good out. Well, they didn't split the series. I'll, I'll level with that. I think they split. Okay. okay. That's fair. I, I, and, I, and then, remember, the Spartans have gotten the better of them in years past when they have deeper, more talented squads. That's true. That's true. They're one of their weird conference kryptonites. You can imagine a split is super optimistic at this point. I'm going to... I'm doing, I'm going 2-0. I'm all in on the Lobos. They're going to be Spartans 2-0. <laughs> It'll be, fi- it'll be it'll be fifty to forty eight. sweep, baby Spartan sweep. What? No, you cannot do this. <laughs> I guess one of us has to be right if we go this way, right? Right, exactly. I mean, we got three now, so we could do that. I don't know. I, I I'm going. It'll be like fifty to forty six. It'll be like the ugliest basketball we've seen. I don't know, man. That's the UNLV game from from oh. Monday. So, like, I, my main reason why I think Lobos win because Spartans defense is so bad. They, they give them like eighty six points a game. I'm like, there's no way. No way. All right, so let's move on to okay our team our, our team award or I guess the uh, weekly award to falling like a rock goes to Wyoming because they were number three at one point. Because Andy, you don't know, remind everybody you had them ranked that high at one point. Three. Uh, yeah, probably I three or four definitely. I mean, I could sit here and try to remember and say I swear I didn't have them at three. We as a site definitely did. Um, I never did. I didn't fall for it. I maybe put fifth as being super optimistic, and, like six and one. I kept yeah, telling people, and, Texas Southern, people trying to convince me, oh, they're a good team. I'm like, no, they're not. Texas Southern's not a good team. They're like, ooh, they beat a Pac-12 team. I'm like, yeah, but it's Oregon, Oregon State. State. 
I'm from Corvallis, and I'm saying I'm like, don't don't believe that. Don't that's a bad reason to believe in Wyoming. At one point, Larry, did you have any hope in Wyoming being a decent team? I think the I wasn't on really high on the Texas Southern win. Thank you. Um, I think just the just the small streak they had going there for a little while was nice. Um, given the youth and you know the level of competition in those wins, I, I wasn't going to say they're going to come in and finish top half, but. I guess I didn't expect the descent so early, but you know, it's 2020. So, I, you know, it's not anymore. And 2021. It's always 2020. I, I was with you when they're winning. I'm like, okay, they got something going. But you know, when they lost the Air Force, they split that series, so they got the second win. But there's like, there's not much to say about them when they're their first year head coach. Linder, it's like, it's do what you can, get some wins here. Like, there's some confidence. Like. If they play UNLV, if that gets rescheduled at some point, they might be able to take on them. But I don't know if that game will get rescheduled. Like they have Nevada, which will be difficult. San Diego State, CSU, Utah State. Like they might be. I don't. Want, I'm going to put this out there. They might go 0 and 8 over those next set of games until they play the Lobos when there's a chance for a potential win. Well, how fun yeah. is it that Wyoming at two and 12 could still be uh, ninth? <laughs> oh my gosh you're right they can still be sitting there by losing all those games um yeah. i have nothing else to say about i mean I, let's move on because we don't spend a million minutes air force same thing like it's joe scott's yeah. first year guys what, like unless larry do you know my plan larry of them just to play a hockey style five in five out and run people to death that needs to be a thing but it'll never happen with joe scott now my dreams have been dashed going complete opposite direction I know, that's what he does, but I've always said they have 20 guys they are probably the best-conditioned athletes, and you see their bench, it's like, just play them. It's like, I, I, I'm just saying, right? Like, is that, is, honestly, do you think that's a bad idea? You can tell me straight up if it's terrible. I don't think so. I remember, I think the only, you know, pure success example I have of this might be a weird comparison, but we had a, there's a team, a local high school team here. And they never had a, a post player above six one. Ooh, interesting. But they just outran everybody. And you know, that wasn't always championship caliber basketball, but they were really pesky, made the schedule annoying. And I remember one year we had on our on our team itself, six eight, six seven, six seven, six five, and six foot on a mm. New Mexico high school basketball team, and we got out rebounded by maybe like a <laughs> two to one margin. <laughs> and I remember looking at that and saying, what the heck kind of basketball is that? It's just outrun and gun. And it has to work eventually. That's what I was thinking. Like, because, like, my, I'm, I'm half kidding, but it's like they're, you have to be in good shape to beat the academy. You're at altitude. If you can sub every two minutes or media timeout or something, like, you just, I guess, I don't know. I just felt that should be tried. But uh, do you have any insightful thoughts on Falcons basketball say, yeah, they're just Joe Scott's first year and we'll see what happens. I think kind of the same, kind of the same thing. One thing that shocked me when looking over for that um, preview and recap this past weekend, just how little they use anybody on that 20 man roster. They they go about seven guys deep, three or four guys average above 35 minutes a game. And I thought, yep, there you go. Just the best conditioned athletes in the conference. Um, <laughs> sit on the bench. And that's the three. <laughs> sit on the bench, and the the three they have playing all that time, and it's just crazy. I think there's there's some youth there. I like Nick Jackson's performance against the Cowboys. Um, I think it's just, you know, I think you look at Joe Scott and say, yeah, one of the one of the better coaches in the past couple decades there, 
at Air Force, but you know how much how long is it going to take to get them out of that bottom half of the conference? So, you know, just like anything else, sit and wait. No, that's fine too. Like they were good. The one year they I remember they were sweating it out because they lost in the first round of the Mountains tournament, even though they won the, the conference and they barely snuck in. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the next. Andy, who's next? We got here. We haven't talked number about number seven is UNLV. Ugh, we talk about them a lot. Um, yeah, I will just I'll come in here and just say just say they're not good and move on. <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing because I and I think I should be the one to say because I've been banging the drum for them like they're yeah. they're better than you think they're better than you think man. David Jenkins Jr. Jenkins Jr. I, Give man, him a minute. I, I love the roster, but I'm losing faith pretty quickly, man. It's already, you know, mid-January, getting to be late January. I know they were off for, over, you know, over a month, but, like, uh, I, it hasn't been – those games against Colorado State were encouraging. Yeah, Those games against New Mexico, they won them, but they're, they're – I, I, I do like to see that Chick Mbake Jong is doing well. He's like one of my favorite players in the league, so I, I do like seeing that. You know, Bryce Hamilton, <clears throat> he was, I guess, the player of the game, if you need to pick one from, <laughs> from Monday's matchup. The 53-46 game. Jeez, Big Ten. But yeah, I mean, he had 14 points. He had some good buckets down the stretch. So, hey, I mean, you, they won the game, right? You got to give him credit for something. But not too much. Um, then they play a weird game because now they got to make – because they were off for a week or for a month. Now they've – play a weird game this week uh, against Benedictine Mesa. But they, they did last on week Thursday. Too. They played St. Catherine. They like. played St. Catherine. Yeah, well, because, you know, everybody else was getting their yeah. non-D1 games in in December, <laughs> and they were, you know, having to sit and wait after they had two different pauses, I think. So. Oh, wait, we have some. Uh, but, yeah. Hold on a moment. We have some news here in New Mexico. Do you see this, Larry? Ooh. They're able to come home and practice. That's – we'll see if that helps. I don't know, honestly, at this point. <laughs> That's have a access reaction to all, the <laughs> all the chili they can they can eat. But is that all they're missing? I don't know. I just saw that now. I didn't even read the article. I had Albuquerque Journal in front of me. I'm like, Actually, all right. So. I'm sorry. I gotta get one more thing in on this Al- on this Al- or this uh, what New Mexico San Jose State game. Uh, so what do you you said it's being played at Dixie State, right? I believe so. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I looked this up while you guys were talking about the game. Um, what else did we get wrong? <laughs> all right, no, I want to play a game. Well, we ended up doing BPI, but now I just want to go back to this for a second. Which school is closer to St. George, Utah? San Jose State or University of New Mexico? I want to say, because I've driven from Salt Lake City to Albuquerque before for a water polo tournament. I've been to Southern Utah a lot by going to Vegas or going to Southern California. I've driven... I'm talking... I know. Now, I... Let me clarify. I'm talking in air miles, not in driving. I know. Miles. I'm just saying that loud. Okay. Yeah, I've Don't also, worry about you know the Death Valley or anything. I know. I've also driven from <laughs> Salt Lake to San Jose, which is a beast of a drive going over Sierra Nevada. Um, let's see. What's closer to Florida? I want to say, because it's near Vegas, I want to say Albuquerque is closer. Larry, what do you think? This feels like a setup. but <laughs> Just go the other one. One of them is going to be right. <laughs> Four corners. I guess I'm going to go Albuquerque. Okay, you guys are both right. It yes. is Albuquerque, but it's super close. It's closer than I thought. It's like 410 air miles from Albuquerque to St. George, and it's like 460 from San Jose. So this is a about as neutral site as they get. I, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, those that is not a home game for you for New Mexico. No, not even close. It's also like, if you're in El Paso, it's closer to go to L.A. than it is to Galveston to the beach. 
you cross it. <laughs> See, and I think that stuff like that is super interesting. So that's why I brought. No, it is. I, I appreciate it. It's just I started thinking about it. Like I've I've been in all these areas. Like so, try to configure it together. Um, so, do you have any final thoughts on UNLV, Andy? There, since you were the our Homer for Rebels. Um, <laughs> just that unless they show something against Utah State, um, you know, I, I'm happy to consider them officially a bottom half team belonging in the conversations with the Wyoming's and the New Mexico's. Okay. That's fair. I'm looking Um, at it. So yeah, but uh, it's, they're they're not good. Let's just leave it at that. Right. They got to get better. Yeah. So looking at this really quick from the Albuquerque journal, if I could get to the website, because I always want to to subscribe, but I had to click on things. I don't want to, there is an officially data from the governor, January 18th under a practice section, which means they can, um, does not allow for home games, does not have impact on high school youth sports. That means, which, okay, if there's not a home game, you're not, would you come home to practice and leave again? I'm guessing no, unless it's a cost-saving issue. So it looks like they can return to practice if they want, but would you do it or would you just stay on the road? Like, what's the point? If you can't play home games... You still have to find a new place to play. That's like driving home to make your lunch during your lunch hour and then going back to the <laughs> office to eat it. It doesn't, you know, like, that doesn't make any sense. I love that example. That was great because you're 100% right. <laughs> All right, so Fresno State, um, this is a team I, I forget they're in the Mountain West sometimes for basketball. It's sad to say, but they're, like, I know they got – New, newish, not a new coach, but kind of a similar coach. Or just kind of like they're always in the middle of the pack. They may have a guy who can score thirty points occasionally and like beat you, but they're a team where I'm like, oh yeah, I forget about Fresno State Bulldogs basketball. Is that sad to say that they're a forgettable team? Um, I it's less sad because I'm whenever I'm listing out teams, they're the one <laughs> it feels like that I forget to list. Sorry, Fresno State fans, it's not your fault. It's just I still. I grew up and you were a whack team for a really long time. And I know some of these other ones were too. I don't know. I just, yeah. Fresno state basketball has not really made its impression. It hasn't made the San Jose state impression of being like really, really bad. And it hasn't made the San Diego state or not. I don't know. Uh, another whack team. Upper two. Uh, yeah. Um, it hasn't made that impression either. So yeah, it's just kind of, been the afterthought, the forgettable program. They got Boy State this weekend, and Larry, they're going to lose both those, correct? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Boise State just continues it on, gets two wins, still, you know, ties everybody's power rankings. Um, <laughs> the tie. Oh, sad, sad to say, but you know, I think I think this should be a breeze this weekend, unless I don't know which random freshman or transfer gets going. They are ninety-three percent chance to lose this game against Boise State. Uh, we'll just pick Junior Ballard. He'll be the the random Fresno transfer of the week I, who will. Um... I didn't even know that he started playing. Did anybody see that anywhere? I just saw it on the box score. We Junior ta- Ballard. Um, yeah, I he. Well, I know that. I thought there was something right before the season because uh, I remember there was some questions over whether or not he was going to get cleared, and then they cleared everybody. Yeah, that was a problem uh, too. We had so issues at that with. point. But yeah, I did see. You know, it was kind of nice to see Ballard's name coming up, the old Cal Poly guy. I think then. Uh, okay, yeah, I pulled him up on Sports Reference. He's played nine games, and it's just yeah. holding true the whole old 
Fresno State Bulldogs just blend into the conference, and I guess some of their players do too. Because right, I had you got no, like, I had no idea of that. Devin Gage from DePaul is out there. Um, <laughs> you know, you got some guys who are. Hey, I mean, it's not the, it's not the team that I would ideally build. But there are some basketball players out there. It's like a better version of what New Mexico was kind of trying to do, <laughs> except you're building around Orlando Robinson instead of building around McQuatch Malawatch. And that's no offense, but like that's a better building block to start from. Orlando Robinson's a, probably a top five, ten player in the league. So, hey, 100%. I think I think State was also victim to the to the transfer flooding. I think I think when I did that transfer in the off season, they had. They had the most six or seven transfers oh, man. out. So many because you had Jared Hyder and CJ Hyder. <laughs> I think they both left, right? They did. Hyder to Central Washington, I think, and then or CJ Hyder to Central yeah. Washington, and then Jared to Cal. Right. And then you he had is, now he's playing. You had, you had a little bit of everybody, and then you also had what was the guy who left for the pros right as the season was getting going? Oh, uh, Nevin. Um... Gosh, what is this? Hart, Nevin Hart. Nevin Hart, thank you. Nevin, Nevin Hart. Nevin Hart. Yeah. And it was basically just like, I hope any of these transfers become eligible or else this is going to be sad. And shouldn't have said that. <laughs> For my hometown team is right right there with the sadness. But I think they've, like you said, they've kind of done their best with what they had, maybe even a little better. They're sitting, you know, borderline mid-table there, and I can't knock that. I can't. Yeah, I mean, this is better than I expected them to be doing at this point, so kudos. Yeah, we mentioned last week, too, like, part of the issue is they brought in so many new guys. Like, half these guys are eligible, we didn't know, or we're going to be. And it's a practice thing, it's a cohesiveness thing, where this could be a benefit for next year. But they, you're right, I know a bunch of guys left, but it's also all these guys came in that we, when we did our preview, and they were like, well, who's eligible, who's not, who can play? We're kind of guessworking, and then this is what <laughs> yeah. you get when you match it all, all together, where... Maybe it's a year where it's a freebie year, and next year they can figure it out because hopefully practice more and get to know teammates better on and off the court. So they're just a team that's kind of like I don't know how much they would surprise anybody because like looking at who they beaten and who they lost to, like they weren't close to CSU. They lost. They split to Wyoming. They got pretty beat pretty bad by Nevada. They've been kind of on the down. I, I want to say downswing, but like of the teams that played with the pulse, they're getting pulverized against and lost to Wyoming. Like, Boise State, there's probably no chance. New Mexico, they probably should win those. But, like, Utah State, San Diego State, like, they may finish, like, beat Air Force, may split UNLV, but it's uh, – see you next year, guys. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, probably. Now, I wonder if Orlando Robinson comes back for another year or to, to Fresno, if he goes to pro, if he goes to another school. Because, I mean, you know, what is the ceiling? Right at Fresno State, are you going to be able to get higher than fifth or sixth? I mean, there was that year a couple of years ago. I mean, Justin Hudson, I think it was his mm-hmm. first year when they won like, twenty three games with um, Braxton Huggins and Deshaun Taylor. You know, that was a really yeah. good team. And Paul George but, here back yeah. in the day. Well, sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think there is probably a little potential there, but I don't know. I with with how kind of free and open the uh, the movement of players has become you do kind of wonder how many of these stars on struggling teams in programs that seem to be struggling are going to stick around not you know to attack anybody's integrity or their you know whatever <laughs> commitment but 
I don't know. I got I got burned by Seneca Knight the other uh, a few weeks ago. So. <laughs> do you either of you know, Larry? Do you know this? Do you know the last Fresno State coach to win an NCAA tournament game? Nope. Do you, Andy? The last what? The last coach. Last coach to win an NCAA tournament game for Fresno State. Oh, uh, Jerry Tarkanian. Correct. You got it all the way back in twenty years ago. Oh, back. Oh. I I read that dude's biography. I got a free book. Like, they sent me a book. <laughs> they sent me a book recently, the about a year ago, about the Tark book. Yeah, Ronnie Terry took him on in the uh, twenty fifteen when they I believe they won the Mountain West, but they're a freaking fourteen seed or something. But yeah, yeah Tark is the right. only time they've been there, and so like we'll see. This team just like like I don't want to say they're forgetful, but they are. They're gonna. Like probably beat New Mexico once, maybe twice. Probably beat one or two versus Air Force. Like anything they play, they'll probably have a decent chance to split the sun better than them. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, personally, I'm not really seeing a deep run in the Mountain West tournament or anything like that. I I just don't see. There might be a team or two that if if the path opened up, if they go up against teams that don't necessarily have huge um, big men. Like, you know, we saw Nemeish Cato really, like, tear apart Colorado State. So maybe if they got matched up with Colorado State, they could slide through and, you know, get a, a win there. But I, I don't know. I I don't see, you know, much of a path forward. So I think you kind of hit it on the head with see you guys next year. <laughs> we'll see, though. All right. So how shocked were you, Larry, that way to tie for CSU and San Diego State in number three? Ooh, you are skipping Nevada, oh, sir. I'm always missing. skipping. Nevada. Oh man, I want to go I'm ahead. Always trying to skip somebody. Uh, I, I even had the oh. page in front of you guys. <laughs> I scrolled too far. Um, <laughs> can Nevada be a upgraded version of Fresno State? <laughs> Where my point being, like, think, they're okay. They're winning, yeah. I think that's the that's a big thing. That they're beating like the the Fresno States and in, in that level. So I think I think they've done a great job transitioning with with transfers and, and new guys compared to some of those other teams we've talked about. Yeah, they've been all right. Like, that's kind of half kidding, but they've been, they've been in touch better. Like, when they, they played San Diego State super close, so there's that, but they're both losses. So, like, with Steve Alford there, they're, as we probably mentioned quite often, like, they're not quite there. They're still relying on transfers a little bit. Like, they're 10 wins halfway through the season. They're 5-3 five, five and three in the conference play. But, like, when they play decent teams, like, yeah, they got to Nebraska in a while back, but, like, they lost Air Force. That's like, well, what are you doing? They, but I think maybe it's hard to say they're on a roll because they lost two to the Aztecs. But like with how they're playing, like if you hold San Diego State to sixty-five points, like under seventy essentially, and you you're basically a game winner away from splitting. We I don't know how much it probably make us think a little bit more different from them. But like they beat Fresno quite handily. They'll probably I think they can win both of Wyoming. They'll probably at least split UNLV. Like, I'll be interested to see when they play Boise State at home, but I don't think they'd beat them, but I'm just kind of curious how that'll play out. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, think, um, I think I just want to point something out here, which is that Grant Sherfield, yeah. over the last six games, uh, Grant Sherfield has scored 20 points in uh, each of those games or more. Uh, and he's also averaging six assists per game over that stretch, including the two wins over New Mexico, the two wins over Fresno, and the two close losses to San Diego State. So I think this Nevada team, you know, the one that you saw against 
Air Force, he had 10 points in that loss. Since that loss to Air Force, he's been on a tear in the last six games, and he's going absolutely crazy. Um, he's had mul- he's had steals in every one of those games. I believe he's averaging um, at least one, maybe two steals a game here. He's rebounding. He's hitting a lots of shots. Like he he has been right up there with the best players of the league. And I think you know if you had to if you put a ballot in front of me right now, I think he'd be on my first team all league. Um, the way he's been playing recently. So I see. A, a lot more in this Nevada team than I did coming into the season. Desmond Cambridge has been a great number two and Warren Washington is developing pretty well, I think as well. Uh, still a work in progress, but uh, you know, I'm always every week, every week I'm going to give love to Warren Washington. So get ready for that. Everyone. That's uh, Cause he's a former Beaver guy. And, you know, when he's coming around, he had a big game actually. Uh, I believe he had, uh, yeah, 13 and seven against Fresno State. Just kind of helped shut down Orlando Robinson in that game. So I think, you know, that's that's what Nevada. That was kind of a question mark that I had for them anyway. Was do you have that sort of interior presence? KJ Himes has been that at times, but you think you need a guy to share time with KJ. And Warren Washington looks to be that guy. I think you're right. Like Sherfield, Scherf, Scherf, 20, 20 points in seven games of the year, six in a row. Like, like I don't know, not player of the year, but he's I think first team guy. So like, do you think us both of you guys just right now the way Nevada's playing, the way Sherfield's been playing, could they be a team? Because they played CSU or San Diego State close, which maybe we're putting too much on there. Could this be a team that might be able to make it to like the championship game possibly? I think if, if Wyoming could make the run, they did. Last year, you know, there's, you know, there's always going to be a shot, and and like you said, I think the key point is everybody's, you know, taking the time, but they're developing over the course of the season, which is kind of amazing. Um, you know, I think we came in with Cambridge as kind of the lead, and you know yeah. that just looked ugly for a long time, like five of eighteen, kind of in that <laughs> realm of shooting, and since Cambridge has taken over primarily around that Air Force kind of turn. Um, they just look a little different because he's knocking down most of those those field goals he takes um, while doing a little bit of everything. If if we can like roll over the roll, you know he's he's the Jalen Harris of this season. Mm-hmm. That's what I was them. about to say, man. I was thinking it. So yes, I'm on I'm on the page with you. Very much. And then Warren Washington, beautifully enough, like how you said, not you know you, you know nowhere on the the Nemeus Keda or maybe Orlando Robinson like continued dominance, but he's consistent. He's dividing that time with Himes, which is nice. And like, like I said, maybe besides Grant Sheriffville, nobody stands out, but they're getting their jobs done and they're getting better each time, um, especially for how new the team is. I think they're, right, they're on the right trajectory, which is great. Now can we move to top three? Is that okay? Top four, I guess. Yeah. Okay, now we can go to the top, the, the tie for third place that we've got between Colorado State and San Diego. Although, okay, I – Quick point of order, actually. Yeah, there is a, there's something going there's, on with this, yeah. There is something going on with it. So, the rankings came in. Not your fault, had, though. I'll say not your fault. Not my fault. I, a little bit my fault, because I I guess I was counting the number of writers we have wrong, so I thought we were done. Oh, apologies. Anyway, Maybe it's my one, fault, then. I'm sorry. I, some guy no, said he wasn't getting it. a ballot, so I made sure to give it to him, and I must have inter- added him this week and forgot a week before, so... Don't worry, guys. We run a tight ship here. Exactly. 
right. So um, we did have uh, an extra vote that came in via Twitter from Tron uh, at Aztec Breakdown on Twitter, um, who says that he would have ranked Boise State first, Utah State second, uh, San Diego State third, and Colorado State fourth. So that would have broken this tie. So it would have put Colorado State fourth and San Diego State third. So how do you guys feel about that? Aztecs are getting disrespected to being tied for third. I put them third because that's where it should be, but being a tie with CSU is I don't I don't know how that happened. Like I not to disrespect people, but there's there's no way I'd put CSU in the same class as San Diego State. What is the timeline on Matt Mitchell's injury? Uh, I haven't looked into I that I've seen. for how long. Have we cause because that's that makes a difference in how I feel about this team. The last thing I saw three days ago was not as bad as fear. Yeah, that's right. So that's, you know, that's good. Um, okay. They don't I'll play until you. they don't play till Thursday, right? Anyways, they're out for most of the week. Yeah, so th- so on January 16th, we had Mark Ziegler of San Diego Union Tribune. So that was three days ago. Saying yeah. he's right. out for two weeks. So, okay. So what... Does that change? Like, I, I didn't take that into consideration yeah. because he played at the moment. I wasn't going to project future down the road for him not playing. But, like, let me pull up the schedule here. Do you have the schedule in front of you? Because I, need, I don't have that I, for some reason. I do now. So they'll play Air Force and Wyoming or their next two. No, <laughs> see, they don't need them. That's a problem. Okay. They're going to win anyways. Right, Come hey, on. Hey, hey. Just, well, it, all right, all right. It's a perfect. I put San Diego State three, so I don't – you're yelling at the wrong person. Larry, where did you put San Diego State? Is it you? <laughs> did you put them six or no, something? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> did you put them third? So we did actually have somebody who put San Diego State fifth this week. Um, and they had Nevada third. I thought it was a very interesting poll. We had another we had a couple interesting polls. Somebody really hates UNLV and our staff, I think. But um, it wasn't me who put them last, <laughs> I promise. It wasn't me. <laughs> this time hey guess what i could make an argument for them being last so i could be i i can convince that's you that's fair and that's why I, that's why i didn't throw the poll out in the in, in the garbage <laughs> no that's fine like no, no, we wouldn't do that we 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 run a tight ship so speaking of csu of course we do um they lost by what 19 tonight this utah state on monday night or tuesday night excuse me they uh were not yeah. close so like I think the way the tiers are going, like it's the top three are pretty close. CSU, well, they're good. They're not there yet. I think they finally played a team. It's like it's hard. The reason I did, here's my poll. I put Utah State and Boise because Boise they'll say, oh, they got the Houston loss. Like they haven't really played anybody of note. And so when you have beaten San Diego State twice, like Utah State, there's no way to not put the number one because we had the thing last week. San Diego State, Boise, Houston, are like, where, where's Utah State? Like, well, we'll get there. They had more losses. Now they got the good wins to back it up, sitting at, even though only 12 and 3, they're on a pretty big run. But that was my ordering because I still don't think Boise should be there because, my, back to my point, Boise hasn't played and beaten good teams yet. Like, I don't think that's, that's true. an argument where Utah that's State true. has finally gone out and beaten San Diego State twice. They crushed the CSU team who's. Probably them in Nevada, just, right there. Just the one, just spot. one win on that San Diego State. So, wait, what do you mean one win for who? Colorado State. They only beat. Isn't that who you're talking about? No, I said Utah State beat them twice. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying Colorado State beat San Diego State. Oh twice. no, no, it's getting the Aggies. But you, but CSU, they were doing the same thing. Boise's doing beating up bad teams. Then they they got yeah. the win. For, they split for San Diego State, which gives a lot of interest. 
then the UNLV San Jose State, like they've only had like two now three really good games they played. They went one and two in both of those so far, in three of those. So like I'm not saying they're bad by any stretch, but lose by twenty points. They yes, they sneaked by San Diego State, but remember they were down twenty six at the half in that game early on, or whatever it was. Also down twenty six again in game two and got crushed. So I'm well, thinking, there's that St. Mary's game too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Larry, thirty three points. So like <laughs> There's a season low for scoring from a Division One team with that UTEP. No, yeah. um, I can tell you confidently it? that yes. Maine, no. Maine just had a game where they only scored thirty points. I believe that is the current low. I'd have to check. Um, I believe you. Thirty points is hard to beat. I can. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll check right now. Uh, it is thirty. Uh, thirty-three is tied for second. Uh, UTEP also registered thirty-three just uh, a couple days ago, actually. So. Up until last weekend, uh, Colorado State was standing alone as the lowest scoring team in the country. Now they've got uh, company at 33 points from UTEP, and Maine is all the way lower at 30 points. Thanks. Oof. Yeah. Oof. So let's combine this really quick. Aggies, Aztec talk, because Boise didn't really play. So we can get to them on their own. So <laughs> I've always said, Larry, you can tell, tell me if this is out of line. But Nima should be averaging like 18 and 12 every night. I'm looking for that jump in production. Just like you said, I think you come in as a freshman. What was he doing, like 13 and 8 or 9 or something like that? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought I'd see an uptick. I understood the second year with Merrill still there. And the knee injury uh, from FIBA. And the knee injury, yeah, very much. And then I guess I think the, the big thing is like who's distributing the ball and it's you know, him. getting in those looks. He's yeah, assisting yeah. the ball to everybody. <laughs> And and maybe they just need a better distributor to see that spike. But I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for 20 and 12 or something like that. Yeah, he had 18 and 12 tonight and I think, what, five blocks? Like, Andy, he points out to me last week and everybody, like, his block pr- production, he has four games of four blocks or more. He's averaging 2.9 blocks a game. And, like, he's averaging basically five defensive turnovers a game, 2.9 and 1.4 when you count steals. Like, he had um, – Oh, sorry, am I looking at, wait, oh, they don't have the correct box score on here, but he's going crazy. Like, even in San Diego State game, only 10 points. Like, if you're that good, you have to dominate. He missed four free throws. He only, he only took six shots in game two that they won. Like, he needs to take double-digit shots, right? Like, why, he's only done that five times this year, or six times this year. Well, does he, though? I mean, if they if they're consistently scoring over eighty points a game, right, and and he's not having to carry them across that line, isn't that good? Don't you want that? Don't you want Marco Anthony and, and Brock Miller, man? Don't you want Brock Miller actually hitting threes? I do. Threes? I know you're bringing yeah. Brock Miller for me to say yes. I want Brock Miller to do more. But no, you're you're yeah. not wrong. But like, but think about it. six shots. Like your guy, if he's get, he okay, if I'm like I like him to get eighteen or close to twenty. But if you can give me just a 15, like, to get to 15, yeah. he's not good at shooting the free throw. He's not very good at doing that because he's only, like, he's going 2 of 6, 1 of 3, 0 of 2. So he's not getting the putbacks and fouls. So he's not going to be able to have a guy who might go 7 of, like, okay, like 7 of 11 and also get four more, three more free throws because getting fouled and putting in the putback or the dunk, he's not getting the extra point there. So, like, that's why he, I think he needs to get at least 10 buckets a game or 10 shots a game. So I, that's I, I I just think like he, he's that good. especially on it when they're, when they're winning by what they're winning on yeah I th- I think for me it's the 
the pro potential. You know, I want guys drafted. This last draft was exciting. Um, you know, I know that second round, but, you know, for, for Mountain West stuff, that, that's great. Um, and I think we saw that potential in him as a freshman. And I just, I don't know, I guess I want to see him climb boards a little bit more, um, get a little bit more uh, recognition. I know he had that playing with the Portuguese national team that summer he got injured. But it seemed like that that part of his game has kind of died down a bit because he's been so for the lack of a better word, consistent. But yeah, well, yeah, a couple more touches doesn't hurt if they can um, get it to him. Anyway. Now, how about this? This is crazy. Namish Keda already has more blocks this season than he had last season. No, I can totally see that. Like he's three... He has twice as many steals this season as he had last season. He's Rudy already. Gobert. He's Rudy Gobert. That's exactly what he is. That's yeah, him, and, is and that's what he wasn't last year, and he's having that part of his game step up when you're sitting there and you're sweeping uh, San Diego state and you're doing it without having to break 70 points in either game when you're holding them to under 60 mm-hmm. in both games. Good. Ooh, that is, I don't care that you're not putting up 20 points. If you're keeping 20 points off the board with your defense, that's, you know? Yeah. That's the point I made too. Like if you look at his, yeah. Like blocks real quick from last year. This year it's like one point two more and a full steal more game. So that's so overall. Like I say, he's getting what three um, two point uh, three and a half or set or four and a half. I, wait, my math's wrong. Three four. Yeah, basically four. <laughs> sorry, this four point three. I tried to exact math here. Basically four and a half defensive plays. Not every block goes the other way because it may they may keep it. But let's right. just say it's th- let's just say it's three and a half. Just take one away that goes toward that goes towards you. That's anywhere from like six to ten points, and so his defense has stepped up, which is amazing. And his offense has been, his rebounding's gotten better. He's shooting; he's not shooting the ball as good. Percentage is down a bit, but he does make up for it defensively, where he's like he's almost doubling his production. And then he could rebounds, which is another part of his game. He's almost averaged a double double. The weird thing is that he, I think, he still leads the team in assists at just over three, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's a great distributor. Um, I've been in love with how he's playing. Again, him and he he and Grant Sherfield both, just this last stretch of games, it's just, they've been taking over. It's great. It's awesome. I love, I love to see that. Um, So are they, well, okay, I don't know if we're skipping over too many people, but what what about the Aztecs? We're just going to talk about people. So what about the Aztecs? Yeah, so are they, are they still in the hunt for this, you know, top spot? Or is it like, okay, it's Utah State and Boise now, San Diego State, you're out. Or are they still around? Are we counting them out too soon? What do you think, Larry? I think it. I think not all of it, but some of it has to to deal with what what his return table is, Matt Mitchell. Um... You know, I think I think because partially people say, you know, he didn't play or he played that first game. He didn't play the second game. You know, but they're up um, ten as well. Remember that too. Like they're leading to ten at the yeah. half without him, so they can play. They can. I think it just it just takes it a, another factor out of the game. I think they're not out of the hunt. Um, they, you know, what's their next game? Air Force. You know, they, you know, they just need to just completely dominate them, and then um, I think just get some momentum back because, you know, obviously from from our poll here, you know, they're losing it. Uh, everybody else seems to be gaining it, at least there at the front. I wouldn't say completely out because it's San Diego State, but, you know, they've dug themselves in a little bit. 
Well, I don't think draw they're. I don't count them, discount them one bit. Like, yeah, they're three, but like, I get the think of it this way. Here's one reason I can make argument from both ways. If you say they're in because they're San Diego State, they were that good last year. They're gonna rack up some wins over the next two weeks because they should be four and zero. They had they had Utah State up by ten without their best player, on like so they're up ten, but they second half their defense got torched. There's that, but also we look at look who like it's it's also like who you played. They are one and three against decent teams. Like losing to Colorado State, that's not good. Like their at large berth is probably shot just about essentially unless they can sweep Boise at the end of the year and then they like go to the title game and lose to Utah State or something. Like the at large chance, like me and Andy discussed this last week. Let me ask you this really quick before I get my thought, Larry. Is there any team you feel if that right now that if they do not win the tournament, they're getting in? Mm, no. See, even, even the, even the yeah. there, like, like Louisiana and Utah State don't have the resume wins. It, it might just be the, the year and what they, and how folks had to schedule at the beginning, but this seems like a, a tournament ticket kind of year. Yeah, that's, that's my thought, too. Like, think about it. It's like we joked the four-bid, three-bid. Like, there probably will be two, I'm guessing, a minimum. But, like, there's I'm not confident saying they'll have it because Aztecs, like, yes, they beat St. Mary. The BYU loss is looking better. Like, I don't say beat nobody. Like, UCLA is um, how they're doing, but they beat Arizona State, but Pac-12 is garbage. Like, they're not very good this year. And so it's like, how much are you going to hang your hat on a beating well, those teams? UCLA is 11-2, and two, so there's that. And they do beat them. But, like, if teams of note, like, I don't... I, you know, so it, consider this, though, for a second. So I wonder, because this is kind of an interesting thing that's happening here. So you look at the Big Ten, right? Oh boy. And you're like, oh, they're going to get, like, 10, 11 teams in or something, right? 15 teams. But... <laughs> we'll see. Okay, but you've got you know Michigan State's two and four. You putting them in? Rutgers is three and five. They're seven and five overall. Probably you know, because like, we've discussed this. They get to play these top. They get these Q one Q two games regardless. And I'll be so I your guess, four and eight Q Q one is going to look way better than a two and two Q one because you played twelve of them. I'm I'm wondering. So I'm just a couple years ago we've seen some recent things where teams like Belmont got thrown in. Um, the winning percentage in those games seems like it's mattered a little bit in those, in those Q1, Q2 games, especially when you're looking at sort of closer to the bubble cut line. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You might, I'm not saying that it's, you know, for sure. Oh, definitely. It's going to be a multi-bid league, but I do think you are going to have teams where, you know, Boise state being, if they can get to, you know, two and two, like you said, up against somebody's four and eight, they actually might not uh, get punished for that, especially this year. No, I, I could see that, but it, it, you make a good point. They may not get punished. It's just, you know, it's like the Jim Beheim thing. Oh, we play the ACC, we're six and ten, we should get in. It's like, come on. That's why I'm never going to be, even though I'd like, I'd like to think it's the case, but we're never going to side up on the part where, yeah, a – Mountain West or A10 or even a Big East, middle Big East team, maybe whatever American is going to get in where because this opportunity rate is so low or compared to get those top 40 wins or Q1 or Q2 games. Like their schedule is built in. Like Mountain West has to go out and schedule those. Illinois, Duke, Syracuse, Florida, Vanderbilt, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, UCLA, they get, they get 15 of those built in without doing any work. They get 12 or 10 of those games without doing any legwork to play non-conference games. 
Yeah, but now they got to win them. You know, they got to win those games. They do, but you could, but you have your chances. That's the problem. True. So, Larry, San Diego State. Were these Utah State games like? How would you characterize how that kind of played out? Because they had a big lead in Game Two. They don't Matt Mitchell. That's hard to say if they would have won or not because he didn't play. But like, we, we're, I know we're talking about them not not necessarily being out of it. Like, what did you see in that game that Utah State maybe exposed? Was it Kada having a great defense? Was it the Aggies' defense overall? Because usually to beat San Diego State, you're going to score fewer points, and they did in Game One. And it's not like in their and Aztecs have scored a lot this year, so they're slightly different than before. Where they would always make the joke before it's like they try to run fast and go slow to score. Like Xavier things run on the court, stop. Okay, let's wait thirty seconds to shoot the ball to do something. Man. So like, true, true. was there something you saw from them that Utah State was exposing? Was it a matchup thing? Was it just like Brock Miller going off for a big game, going four of ten for three point range, or what? What do you think it was? Shooting, or I think it's defense. That's my thought. I think I think lazy answer all of the above, just at different <laughs> points of both games, you know. And and you know, just kind of looking at the box scores, like you said, Brock Miller had his had his hand in it. Um, Kata's defense, which you know, I think you say San Diego State has some of the, I guess, bigger bigs in the conference, but they were you know still kind of outmatched on that end. It just didn't. It just seemed like they exposed a weak moment for the Aztecs, and um, especially given the the Mitchell injury, I think. Um, you know, just took advantage of great play on their part. Um, you know, great with the 57-45 box score. I get it. But, um, you know, two wins, two solid wins over them. And now we're discussing, are they are they going to win the conference still? And I, and I think Utah State's just proven um, that everybody has their, their Achilles uh, heel. And I don't know, I, I'm still trying to think of over what exactly the Aztecs are because, you know, the, they did look a little bit polar opposite, at least in game two, for sure. All right, let's wrap it up here. Boise State, they didn't really play this week. They're tied for first. Are they? Are we just waiting until they play Boise State to see, or play Utah State to see how good they are? We were saying that about uh, them <laughs> and the Aztecs, too. You know? it's, it, I, think that's, I think that's the thing, but... Um, yeah, I think, I think I was just breaking down the remaining schedules for each of those three teams. Um... And I, th- I think Boise State has a little bit of a harder run. Uh, they do. Fresno State, you know, we just talked about them. Yes. Uh, Colorado State, Nevada, mm-hmm. UNLV has a chance to do something. Who knows what? No, don't. Utah State it. and San Diego State. <laughs> um, so I think I think anybody, you know, I've been in that party too, who said Boise State hasn't played anybody. Um, they're playing really well against people they should be beating, which is always a good sign. What do they do on this on this final stretch? I think that's when we'll really know what this team's about. But you know, that's really easy to say. Yeah, look at real quick Utah State. They're favored big in the BPI, two thirds to one third over Utah State. So there's that to consider. One thing I'll say about Boise State that I did not expect this season is how good they've been defensively. Um, you know, like you see the names, you see Derek Alston, um, Ray J. Dennis, is, you know, is a, a prolific scorer at times. Abu Kijab, the same. And, you know, you get excited about some the offensive capabilities of this team. But right now, I'm just looking at these stats on Ken Palm and their effective field goal percentage defense ranks 22nd in the country. Their offensive rebounding percentage 11th in the country. They are at like not allowing offensive rebounds to their opponent. They 
are keeping people off the boards. They're keeping people from scoring. They're doing a great job. And Mladen Artmush has been a big part of that. Um, but Abu Kijab has been, his defense has just been astounding. I, he's he's always been a, a pretty good defender, but he's stepping it up. Um, and he's... He's been blocking shots. He's been getting steals. He's been really doing everything, and he's just kind of he's had a few very like highlight reel kind of blocks where he's just kind of jumping from across the key, swatting it into the stands. It's it's been really fun to watch. But you know, more than just the highlights, they are shutting teams down. And yeah, again, they're shutting down bad teams. <laughs> but uh, but hey, they they shut down that BYU offense well enough to get a win over them. And true. The only team that they lost to is Houston, who has one of the best defenses in the country. So, you know. They're good. Yeah. Well, we'll know more. Here's what I wrap up on this really quick, because we've done a lot here. In Boise, it's like, can they play the Air Force? Played well. I mean, played San Jose State, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. They're beating who they should beat, and that's really good. Like, their schedule slightly upticks Fresno Tuesday or Wednesday night. CSU, Nevada. I think we'll know more next week. Like, there might... Like I didn't put them number one partly because again, they, they, it's hard to do when you don't when you can't get like my comparison back to the big leagues. They can they're gift wrapped ten top top Q, or Q one wins. You know what I mean? And so they have to go out and be impressive. Which the net who, mm-hmm. who knows how impressive that means? Win by twenty or fifty, but doesn't may not matter. Win by you lose and you move up. You know what I mean? Like that's right. my point with them. Like they're doing all they can do, and I'm not faulting them. I'm just also not going to reward them as much as a team that's played a bit better schedule. And so I really want to see when they play CSU in two weeks because I still think CSU is good enough to cause some issues, but there's still a team where I'm not going to doubt them. Like, could they win the rest of the games? Yes, they could. Um, and maybe it just sucks the way schedules stayed up. Like, maybe if they played San Diego State two weeks ago and, like, it's built in. It's like their, their hardest series, two of their last three are against – or four of the last five are against the top half of the league. Or basically, if you want to include Fresno, five of their past six are against teams who are in the top five of the conference. So we'll know more. And if they beat CSU by 20, they beat Fresno by 20, people are like, well, whatever, it's just them. But they're going to be – they're playing their toughest schedule is right now. It's coming up. And if they do what they're doing, I don't know if I'd put them number one until they maybe beat Utah State, but they're as good as those other teams. It's just hard to quantify a little bit when they're playing who they're playing. Well, at this point, it's kind of nice because you've got two undefeated teams, and so you just got to kind of wait for it to slip up and, you know – you can sort of assume that the other half of the staff is going to vote the other way that you did. So yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a, a tie for the next, you know, however long until one of these teams finally loses. Excellent. All right. We got to wrap it up here. So, Larry, check all your stuff out. Hardwood Talk. You do hodgepodge for us, which I appreciate for doing random basketball previews and recaps. So you know all the teams quite well. So what are you doing with the Wapoops Digest? Are you doing New Mexico State? You mentioned, like, Big Sky, Southland. Not not that they're in there, but they're transitioning to the WAC, like Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, you doing all that type of stuff? I think that's um, the part of it. I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think I pitched to Kyle. You know, I, I think the main teams I follow, New Mexico State, Chicago State, yes. I, I How does that State. happen? <laughs> I don't know. I think I just kind of liked the, in a, in a kind of a real simple way, just kind of liked the color at first. And I said, that's cool. Um, and then I remember seeing they had a, a pretty good score. God, that must this must have been like a decade ago now, though. But I remember there was somebody up there that every time I went to go check the the stats and the board, uh, the leaderboard, 
I remember saying, oh, wow, Chicago State, that's random. And then when they joined the, the conference with everybody else, I said, okay, I can follow that. Um, but I th- them and then Seattle, all the teams I primarily follow this year are just not playing, um, aside from Seattle. And I told, I told Kyle, I said, you know, those are the teams that I'll have maybe some more deeper content on. But, you know, I as a college basketball fan try to do my best to stay on top of all 32 conferences, as crazy as it sounds, as unrealistic as it is sometimes. Wish you luck. <laughs> I told, I, I told them, um, I I pick out certain teams from a conference, and you know I follow them and I support them, and you know that's kind of how I learn about new conferences or kind of keep that going. And the weird thing was, every team that's moving from the Southland, I followed at one point or another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Southern Utah, the Big Sky side of it. I know me and Andy have talked about, um, you know, loving Portland State. Mm-hmm. Him oh, as, yeah. a, uh, as a alum, me as, you know, just a fan. But um, it seemed like a lot of, well, at least those five teams that were coming over, you know, I had a deep knowledge on already. And I said, you know what, when that happens, you know, sign me up for those teams too. But okay. I guess I just kind of got into the moment of expansion and said, you know, I got to start writing on this conference. But uh, it's going to be fun. Just got to gotta figure out when anybody else starts to play. I know that. Just definitely do. So check out Hardwood Talk. Uh, we know what Andy does here. He does a bunch of stuff with us. Heat Check CDB. Go, so go subscribe over there. And yeah, our podcast, MWR.com. We have a bunch of basketball hoop stuff. We're getting stuff going on. But yeah, thanks, Larry, for hopping on. We will definitely mix it up and have you on again and do some random podcast stuff because it's, uh, it's more fun when there's another perspective here that's not just me and Andy. Um, Miss not knowing where the mix was playing basketball because that's what we really need it for. Yeah, it's, be, it's more of a grumpy old men podcast when it's just two confused old guys. Hey, hey, happy to be a part of it. Let's just say this we're smart enough to not pay $250 to John Rothstein. Yeah, but we're going to end up buying five Jimmer Fredette cameos and ruining it. The no, whole thing, you know, we're just going to spend $250. My research I've done is 100 bucks Eric Musselman. And Jimmer $50. I need to see if there's a Paul George, a Kawhi Leonard, a Becky Hammond. We'll look around and mix it up and see what we can do. But uh, right. that's the show this time. I'll do articles shortly on it because that'll be something fun. Maybe uh, sometime in the dead week between um, NCAA tournament when there's a couple days off. But we'll look for something fun like that to do. But we'll see you guys next time. And everybody have a – yeah, hope you had fun today. <laughs>